Welcome everyone to the Fresh Off The Screen podcast. This is your bi-weekly podcast where two siblings get together to talk about all things relating to film, television, sometimes music, and a sprinkle of video games. If you want to support the show, please follow, subscribe, comment, rate, and all that social media mumbo jumbo. We also have our social media channels in the description below. I am one of your co-hosts, Aman Aman, also known as Aman. And on the other end, we have our own Cape Crusader, Harvey. What's up, Harvey? <laughs> that is good. I actually, I've been meaning to get a cape. That's such a good <laughs> Halloween costume. Just buy a cape. You can be anybody. I, I was... I, I actually, well, I was, I did dress up as Batman last Halloween with with no my girlfriend. Way. So both, she was Catwoman, I was Batman. We were kind of getting, we were kind of going into that zone, um, knowing that the Batman was coming out this year, <laughs> a movie that both of us were pretty excited, uh, excited for. And obviously the, this film, of course, has a big focus. We'll, we'll be talking about it because this is a film that I just watched with her uh, yeah. On, yeah. on Sunday. And yeah, like I, I'm, I'm like really excited to talk about this. So I, I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go right in because go in. As I'm saying, I, I think the perfect way to start, start. Yeah. Okay, no spoilers because I have not. Seen of course, that. yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna spoil anything. That's for sure Thank because you. I want everyone to experience this. I, I think I'll start off by saying that this is a film that you know you would not, you, you honestly will not expect it to go the way it does from what you are seeing the trailers, what you expect from Batman what you expect from DC films. This is not what you will expect. I will, first of all, I think it's already kind of been out there that look at this as more of a detective mystery thriller kind of a film and then superhero film second. This is a movie that honestly, you would, after the Christopher Nolan trilogy, you would have thought that, you know what, there's no way that anyone can beat those films. There's no way that something can excel that type of storytelling, that cinematography, uh, that score and soundtrack, just the the villains and and just the characters. But this film has surprisingly just kind of overtaken those three films, in my opinion. It is honestly my favorite Batman film of all time. Going in, just the first scene, just the the intro scene, I should say, like not actually just the first scene itself, but the intro, the way it plays out up to a certain point was just so, it was just so amazing. And again, I'm I'm not going to say anything that, you know, hasn't been said in trailers and everything like that, but they do have an emphasis on actually creating, you know, how in comic books, even in films, in some sense, there's this idea that Batman and fear come together. It's this idea that everyone's afraid of Batman and they try to do that with the Ben Affleck one as well. But it just doesn't work. It just does. It just never felt like anyone was afraid. This film, like I was so surprised because I thought they could not do that because I've seen Batman in so many different ways. But this film just makes you generally feel afraid of Batman. Like you can the way they set him up, the way they bring him in, the the way the character does everything. The, you you kind of are able to kind of play out what it feels like to be in these, you know, uh, thugs or these these horrible people in, in their heads when they see Batman. And the way that Matt Reeves and that cinematography and just the music and everything, the way they kind of all come together was just so surprising. It really took me by surprise how much I love this movie. And it was a three-hour film that I did not realize oh. was three hours. It went by like in a snap of a finger. 
And like, no jokes, this is a three-hour film that I would want to watch again and again and again. I am just in awe, first of all, that they were able to pull this off. And once I started seeing the reviews, I should also say, if you, if anyone really enjoyed The Joker, this is very much in line with that kind of a universe, with that kind of just the way it it is very down-to-earth. It is very gritty. It is very, you know, it will hit you home where it needs to. It will make you feel things at the same time just Rob Pattinson, like, wow, like I, you know, everyone was on him that, oh, why, why did he get chosen for Batman, this and that and whatever? Why does he have this My Chemical Romance haircut? But like, <laughs> I've been, oh I saw him, I saw him in that. And honestly, he did such a great job with Bruce Wayne that you, mm-hmm. you can feel like what he's feeling. You can feel that this is not an origin story, like, which is, which I'm really happy about. They, they took the Spider-Man route of, look, you already know this so many times. Let's just skip to year two. So this is like his him being Batman, like the second year. And you kind of start seeing him adapt, learn things. But at the same time, he's already Batman. He's already been there. So it's so cool to kind of see a young version of Batman, but also see a person that's kind of beaten down and this thing that kind of instills fear in everyone. So this is see, my favorite film. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say that this is just, this is my favorite film of this year so far. I'm excited for all the other DC films, everything like that. I, ju- I do not see the same way as Joker. I do not see any other film overtaking this in my mind. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's what's surprising to me. The way I was expecting this to be was supposed to be very emo type of, type of, of Batman. And I get it. And, and, and I get where they were going with it. But I'm surprised to hear that this is his second year, which means that there's a lot of backstory here that I'm excited to learn about. I mean, Batman, in essence, is is such a, it's such a opposite way. It's like the opposite superhero of Iron Man, who, while jokes and uses his money to fight, um, uh, you know, uh, fight with the Avengers and everybody, there is a there is a lightness to him, even though he's also lost his parents when he was very young, even though he's also not had any sort of family or anything around him. But for some reason, they've both fell fallen into such different genres. Yeah, no, I, I like with Iron Man, you can kind of see that Marvel does not really gear like they, they don't really try to go towards this idea of like, hey. What if Iron Man was in our universe? What if Iron Man was in this very yeah. nitty gritty, not nitty gritty, but like very like, you know, dark universe, which is in all honesty with everything that's happening in the world, very akin to what we see and, and you know, what happens to people nowadays. Like Marvel just doesn't do that. Marvel does this in a very idealized universe where a lot of things are obviously broken because, you know, you need someone like the Avengers to be there. So that already tells you how messed up it is. But at the same time, they just don't deal with very specific things in those, in the, in that universe. Whereas with this, like this idea of dealing with corruption, this idea of dealing with like you know like politics and stuff like that, this idea of dealing with mental illness and and people who have you know experienced trauma and like what they go through, it's very much a DC thing. But we've seen with Wonder Woman and Aquaman exactly. and Ben Affleck's one, we've seen that they kind of went. They were like, let's go, let's go towards the Marvel side. Let's try to make it more. Marvel-like because that's what's in making billions of dollars stuff like that. This Batman, and I'm so happy first of all that the Joker made over a billion dollars, being yeah. rated R, all that stuff, and it like basically cost nothing. And I'm so happy that the Batman. There's already like early like numbers have come out, and it's saying that all the the 
an- analysts are saying that this is like uh, the second biggest pandemic opening uh, and uh, only behind Spider-Man, which is the third movie after a bunch of Avengers films. So the fact that a Batman movie with a new Batman, Robert Pattinson, with a whole new cast and new look and everything, the fact that this is doing this well tells you that people want to see stuff like this. But people want to see good DC films. There's nothing about Marvel. <laughs> but but it's the same thing. It's, it's the whole Zack Snyder thing as well, right? Arguably on the face of it, the Zack Snyder's cut is still a lot more darker, a lot more um, in your face than Joss Whedon's cut. But And people loved it. People still love it. People still look at that as a Justice League film, not what was theatrically released. And that... That already told them that you know DC, we don't need to, we need you don't need to copy Marvel. All we're asking for is a good film. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's I'm actually I'm very good. I'm very happy to hear that. I do need. I have to go watch it. Um, I I've shared on this podcast before how I was a little bit uh worried about Robert Pattinson. Uh, simply because look, I as much as he's done a lot of work and and I hate that he still gets branded by it. Twilight is the first thing that comes to mind. And and it was never and and I'll say it it was never his fault. It's always the fault of the writers and the director because the actor's just doing what what they're being told. Yeah, I, I mean, so, it's, honestly, all props to him for making this transition because you see him right. as in Harry Potter, you see him in Twilight, but then he went you know very indie after that. He went uh-huh. almost like the Johnny Depp route before Johnny Depp kind of got into parts of the Caribbean where he was he's been in like all these small indie films, really challenging himself. And, you know, you start seeing Robert Pattinson, the actor now. And you right. see, like, you're like, okay, like, you know, I've seen you in, in a couple of things there. Then I saw him in Lighthouse with William Dafoe. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow, like, wait, this is Robert Pattinson? Yeah. And now I saw him in this. And I'm like, wow, like, I, you know, I can, I see it. I see why Christopher Nolan liked him for Tenet. And I see why Matt Reeves was like, yes, he can be the new Batman. I'm like, exactly. okay, I finally see what you were seeing. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And, and and Tenet was the first thing that sort of changed my mind. Because I, I, I didn't see The Lighthouse. It's not usually a genre genre of films that I go for, but um, Tenet definitely did. So I I was definitely very excited for this, and and we've already shared our thoughts on Spider Man before. Surprisingly, most people I've spoken to still love the Spider Man movie. Yeah, it's a nostalgia, right? It's Sam Raimi, his Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we're just we're coming from a different different perspective on that one. But I'm I'm with you now. I think DC is gonna be the the main sort of theme for this year. And honestly, stuff coming out. It's gonna be tough for DC as well because you know Doctor Strange is coming out, and that's being made by Sam Raimi, who who made the original Spider Man films with Tobey Maguire. So you know they have a big powerhouse. But like the Batman has set the stage of what what can happen, like what they can possibly do on a storytelling. Right. Like this is just me, but like DC has such such put so much potential with what they can do in terms of storytelling storytelling front that with Marvel they have to use kind of these they have to use this like thing which like I don't know if there's a term for it or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's basically them always relying on, hey, we have a story here, but by the way. Let's bring in Tom Holland. Let's bring in Tony right. Stark. Let's refer. Right, right, they, right. they have to, they always have to kind of do this thing of, yeah, yeah, this is our story. But you know what? The story is kind of losing track. Have, have you seen Andrew Garfield? Look at him. He's here. Like they always <laughs> have to kind of take you away from the film and talk to you about our, their other films. Whereas DC like, and like, even the Batman, the Batman does not make a single reference, obviously, because this is like its own universe, anything like that. 
and it has reference to its own characters, but it's not like saying, oh, look at that. Uh, it's Wonder Woman's lasso on the side, like lying there, or Aquaman's uh, trident. There's a reason that uh, the, in the past, most of the superhero movies were around people like the Batman, uh, Spider-Man. These, char- these characters were by themselves so self-sufficient and also so loved by the people. Yes, Marvel and Avengers have come through, and maybe the term is ensemble, uh, maybe, but they like putting people together. Marvel, now with, with Doctor Strange, the big thing for that is, well, the problem is you've now smashed everything together. There's no way this guy can handle it on his own. Yeah. You've already shown us that these people live in each other's universe, um, although there's weird loopholes that let's not go there. But that's sort of where Marvel is now because they're never going to have any other Avengers movies. That's it. Uh, they won't have any but, Avengers movies for now. I think I think that's yeah. Kevin Feige saying that. I'm pretty sure Di- if Disney says, give us an Avengers movie, Di- they'll be like, okay. <laughs> like, they're not going to be like, <laughs> oh, sorry, Disney. No, we, we decide our own thing. Like, no. Like, I think Kevin Feige is like, as long as he's in charge, he's like, he has a very specific way. But unfortunately, at some point, Kevin Feige will have to give the race to someone else. And I think at that point, a new Avengers film you is like know. a definite but, thing. But, that, but I think with, with DC, it's always been, hey, we're making a movie about Superman. We're making a movie about Batman. It is about that person. While I would have liked to see Ben Affleck come into his own, um, in a way, I'm kind of glad it's a fresh start. They were never going to go the Zack Snyder route. They were never going to do anything else for that. As we've seen, it's all died out. So let them then say, look, we've got a direction. We'll go in, we'll go this way. We'll do a Batman movie. We've already done a Joker movie. Um, in some part of the universe, sometime in the future, they may intersect. But for now, let's just leave them in their own universes and go with it. Yeah. And honestly, like I, you can kind of tell like the fact that Joker and Batman were so successful. It just tells you that those characters and that story is so hard for anyone to comprehend when you put them next mm-hmm. to Superman and Wonder Woman and, and Aquaman mm-hmm. and Flash, because mm-hmm. the whole thing about Batman is that people are able to relate. Obviously, no one's going to be like, I'm a billionaire, I'm going to be Batman, but they're able to relate with him as a character and be inside him, right? And say, yeah, all he is at the end of the day is a person wearing a bat suit. That's it. It's not Iron Man with, with his nanotech thing that kind of take over. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Same thing with Joker. The Joker as a villain is something that everyone can kind of actually see outside can see that this can be any person that's on the hinge just just kind of reaching that breaking point and like it's two these two characters when you put them together like that in that universe on its own is something that people will love and are like oh my it's like watching a true crime story and that's why people love it right it's like that's why this is honestly more of a detective thriller because at the end of the day batman is literally known as the world's greatest detective and that's what matt reeves focused on it's like hey he's a detective that's what we focus on when you put Joker, all these people next to Superman, it's like, okay, Superman just going to punch Joker once and that's it. Like it doesn't, it's not, it just does not have the same weight. And I think that's why they're like, you know what? Let's do a Batman on the side. Let's forget yeah. this whole Justice League yeah. thing for now. Let's, we have, we have our Flash and all this stuff. Let's focus on them on the side. Let's do Batman on the side. Let's see how, the, how this does. And the fact that it's doing so well, they might actually rethink about having Batman at all in the Justice League. Justice League. Yeah. Look, I, I get it. But, and, and and it, it it will make sense. You're right. You can't have super powered being beings with with those superpowers, and then this guy who literally has no superpowers. Batman v Superman was probably the one where 
we've seen him use his knowledge his skill his money in the meanest way possible yeah like with the joker like he he pull he comes up with the gadgets he comes up with all of that stuff but it was never designed to kill somebody and that's where it's it's very different batman just wants to make gotham cleaner he wants the thugs out he wants the crime bosses out like it's a very simplistic way to look at it but it is that's what he that's all he wants yeah he wants to make sure nothing that happened to his parents is going to happen to anybody else's family and, and it's a very it's a very different scenario than wonder woman who's the daughter of zeus or something I don't I know if it's Zeus, maybe. Zeus? It, maybe, and, actually. I, I mean, I, I feel like it's, it's an Amazonian thing, right? I feel like that wouldn't that not be Greek-related? Like, that's not Greek, right? Or Didn't they come up with that or something? Oh, they I might have. Remember. Oh, yeah, the well, first I, film, right? It was some, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Something See? like that, I forgot. Um, so, so it's like, and you've got that. You've got Superman, who they didn't bring into the Justice League for like the last 20 minutes or 15 minutes, simply because if he was there, nobody else would have been able to take any of the mother boxes. Yeah. Do, do, so it's, I get, I get where you're coming from. It's, I still, I still hate saying the word mother boxes. I know. Um, <laughs> and the thing is like with but, Avengers, but right? I, like with, with, with Avengers and Thor, there is a thing that it, it, it can pop, it works in that in that like universe because the people they're fighting are are people are just something outside right like obviously we see that with justice league a little mm-hmm. bit that there's something outside but it i don't it would with the way iron man kind of started the whole thing there's the thing about iron man where he's like he's partly like humanish like he's obviously like us but there's things like okay it's iron man he can just develop this technology that's kind of how you think about it in your in, as like a marvel fan he can just develop right, a technology right. that'll be able to defeat Thanos. He's the one that that developed the the the, the hand the the gauntlet that was used mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. of Endgame, right? Like you can just think about that. With with Batman, you don't think about that stuff. You with Batman, you're like he just has a utility belt. He has like a hook thing that he uses. He punches people, and then obviously he's just very good. He, he's very good at analyzing it. That's kind of what they focus on. So like when you put Batman in that world of like the mother box and stuff like that, he always you you always see it always feels funny when you see him fighting because you're like. I feel like he's not contributing at all. I feel like Aquaman, yeah. everyone's doing something. And he's just like, all right, yo, I, I, I guess I got to use a gun now. You, start, you just start seeing him with a weapon. You're like, this, is, this makes no sense. I, know, just, I, know. I, would never, I, I would never have thought a day that I would see Batman with a weapon in his hand like that. I have a question though. Um, how come Batman doesn't walk around with like limps and everything all the time? As you said, He's only got his suit. He's got his utility belt. He gets hit on a lot. There's no way a normal human being would get hit that much and then still not have like broken bones or muscles and broken ligament problems and all of those things, right? So, I mean, like, obviously they did reference it in the Christopher Nolan one, like where you see in Dark Knight Rises where he Where he heals his broken back. Well, not he didn't heal it. He didn't heal it. It's basically like a thing that it's like almost like this mechanical thing that kind of pushes it in place. And it's just holding him in place. That's the idea. It's basically the Batman is just broken. But like he's what? he's like for one final push, for one final like fight essentially, he is all kind of almost stuck together. And that's kind of, it, it is, it's, it's like obviously I don't want, I'm not going to talk about what in this film, but I will say that yeah. they're very aware that, Batman has gone through hell. Like he goes through hell all the time. Again, this is right. year two. 
So he's not met ba- the the ba- he's not met Bane. He's not met a lot of characters later on. But the idea that in this universe, if the Batman does go through that, you will see it, and it is something that they kind of reference to, kind of talk about, sort of. Okay. So I'll okay. leave it there. Okay, that's fair enough. Because that's been going through my brain for like a while, and there was no logical answer. But okay, fair enough. Yeah, look, in but all Batman, in all, like, worth a watch. I'll go oh, with yeah, that. No. The Batman and... is, is is just is just wonderful. Like I I was so surprised, and it honestly, like like I said, the the soundtrack and everything, just the intro, mm-hmm. is just so is just amazing. I like. I, I think about like Christopher Nolan and Dark Knight and how that was an amazing intro to a superhero film with Joker's introduction and everything. The the, the very typical Christopher Nolan like soundtrack, mm-hmm. the music playing, like something is like building up over time. And like you, I always thought about that. I was like, okay, this is amazing. With this one, just, just the intro to a specific point, the way the music plays, the whole idea about Batman and fear coming together. You're just like, Wow, like it just it just surprises you, takes you away, and then the next three hours just go by in a, in a second. Exactly. Now I'm, I'm, um, I'm with you on that. I am looking forward to it. Actually, yeah, we'll um, we'll definitely do a spoiler cast. Exactly. We'll, we'll a chance, exactly. Yeah. What? So I'll, before we move on, I'll obviously quickly talk about uh, the Uncharted film because I got yes. I I got to see this as well. I bought the Uncharted game, and they give you a free ticket for it. So. Uh, oh. So you know, so why and I we decided like let's go, let's go, go, let's go watch this and everything. So we watched it. It is definitely not an uncharted film. I mean, it's obviously used the characters <laughs> and everything like that, but it's overall a very fun film. Like you can see that they had this idea and they use the uncharted name to just kind of get it in front of more people. And obviously, they put Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg. But I can, I, I see this easily as becoming a franchise and it's doing really well. So it's already turning into a franchise mm-hmm. from what I, mm-hmm. from my understanding. But like it is actually a very very fun film to watch. Like don't go in expecting a ten out of ten. Don't go in expecting that this is an uncharted film. That's kind of how I went in, and I was like I was like surprised uh, by what it was in the end. Like if you just go in like hey like I just want to go watch a fun film, uh, have a good time and leave. This is exactly that. Do you think they maybe made it the way they did, assuming that? a majority of the people who watch it are not going to know Uncharted as a game they've played, but as a game that exists in the universe. People like me. For example, I never played Uncharted, watched any run-throughs. The only time I've actually seen it being played is is when I've seen you play it. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly it. I think their aim is to get in a whole new audience uh, because mm-hmm. technically the Uncharted games have finished. They finished a while back in like 2016 or so. So this is, mm-hmm. I, in my brain, like I'm thinking, thinking about it almost like from a business standpoint, they're like, let's put this film out there. People are interested in Uncharted and let's reboot the whole game and put it on the PS5, tell people to buy the PS5, buy the game. So they're like, and this the is Switch, a perfect way to please. reboot it. Well, it's a Sony property, so you'll have to, it, it, it'll only come on PlayStation. <laughs> I, have an, I have an issue with these people bypassing Nintendo <laughs> Switch when it was the highest selling console over well, the is, pandemic. No, but like, okay, that uh, like, in I would get it for like other games, but that's like asking Nintendo to put Mario games on Sony, like because Fine. it's 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 a Sony owned product, right? Like Sony is also gonna keep it on their system, being like, hey, buy a PS Five. <laughs> I think all this is saying there is that you need to just get a PS Five to be honest. Like, what, if you I get a PS Five, you're set. I have the same issue with Elden Ring, right? Because I really yeah. want to play that game, and it's and Elden Ring, okay, is not a specific property. It's on all these consoles. 
except Nintendo Switch. It just won't. It, unfortunately, like it barely runs properly on on the PS Five and a PC. It will Seriously? not run on a Switch. That's yeah. It's like How it come? has a number of. It's just performance issues, right? Like it's it's uh, rendering like an entire world. That's that's the whole thing. That George R. R. Martin and uh, and Miyazaki they created this like really cool world, and basically everything is in front of you. And the idea is very much like Breath of the Wild, but imagine mm-hmm. a very 4K, high-resolution, detailed, yeah, George R. Yeah. Martin version of it. So the idea is if you see something in the distance, you can go to it. On the Switch, the, the Breath of the Wild barely runs properly. There's so many instances, especially the, the forest, <laughs> where I remember like the, the game looked, yeah. it, it looked like the game was going to die. And like yeah. that barely runs. So there's, there's just unfortunately no way they can make this work. But I keep hoping that there's going to be a new Switch coming out soon because I think I think Nintendo knows. But money-wise, look, like you're also, like, you're, you're, you're also in... In finance and in, in the business side, like if your product <laughs> is making so much money right now, as is, why would you release a new product? Well, what would you no, say exactly? <laughs> and I, I think that that's the thing. That's the issue I'm having with the with the Witcher. We haven't talked about games on this in a while. That's I know. the issue I had with um, I, I'm having with the Witcher as well because I thought the quality was great until you see how the Witcher looks on like the PS5 or the Xbox. Yeah, and it's such else. a massive difference. Um. And I know Witcher, the game has glitches like across the board. So the other day, my Witcher got stuck in like a floorboard. Oh my God. couldn't climb out. Oh my God. So I'm just like trying to do the jumpy thing. And it still wouldn't that's work. Very much, that's very much a CD Projekt Red, which is a developer and like a Witcher thing. Like everyone's yeah. used to that. Everyone's used to roaches kind of randomly appearing yes. on top of a house. And that's crazy. That's like a normal thing with this game. Um, I think, but I honestly think that you should like. I'll also try to like help you find because I just know it's. If it was easy to find, it's a different story. I'm, I'll also try to help you find a PS Five in in Australia because I think having a PS Five, you do get a lot of these very specific games like like Uncharted, like Spider Man, uh, like right. very Sony folk, Sony pro, like Sony focused properties, and you get games like Elden Ring, right? And I think that will be great because I remember I was telling you like, oh, maybe you should get an Xbox because you can get yeah. Game Pass, which is something that I have as well. But in all honesty, like like I'm fortunate enough, I have a PC, Switch, a, a PS5, and the Xbox. Like I literally have yes. all of them. But like PS5 still has specific games that are only available on PS5. That like it is very story focused games. If you really enjoy story focused games, PS5 is kind of the way yeah. to go. Yeah. And you'll get all the Elden Ring and stuff like that. All those games come out on everything, so you don't you don't need to worry about those games. I know, and I, and I think it's that, that thing. I'm I've always been a reasonably casual gamer, and and my my own thing is I feel bad when I've got a game that's sitting for a while and I haven't finished it. Thanks to you, I finished Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Yes, I'm also yeah, very that, bad at at going through and finishing it. I know um, you destroyed that boss because you were so <laughs> overpowered. I mean, I I, I remember I struggled, I struggled with that boss, but I was like, all right, I finally got through. And like yeah. in your case, I just see you like just destroying him in like one second. I'm like, okay, this is like not this is not my experience at all. <laughs> I know, and that's the thing. Like I, I kept thinking that I had to keep powering up even more because the option was there, and that maybe it would make life easier. I don't think it would make it like life this easier. Um, yeah. But I've actually now restarted Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Wow! Like from, from the start. Oh my god! From the start, start because. The problem was I had left it sitting for like more than a year and now I'm in like in the middle and I can't remember what I'm doing, how to fight, what to do at all. So I am relearning it, although I still have my old save. 
So if I learn it well enough, I might go back to my old save and just start from where I was. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I, at this point, you might as well restart because I, I understand it's been a while, right? I had to do that with uh, Horizon, uh, like, when oh, I yeah. played, like, way back. Like, I completely forgot. I'm like, you know what? I might as well just restart this. But, like, Breath of the Wild, like, I feel like, I feel like you've kind of experienced what it has to offer. Like, the story is not going to, because you already saw the ending with me. So, you already know. Exactly. So, it's not like the story is going to do anything new. It's just, it's just like a fun game to kind of jump in and just play. Um, when it comes to, you know, certain games like Uncharted, for example, like, that's a story that when you go from the start, like Uncharted 1, 2, mm-hmm. 3, and then 4, and you see the progression of that character, you get to the end. There's something about like these Sony games that really does something. Like I like for me, it's always that game. Like the way the Uncharted series ended has always stuck with me. It still sticks with me to the point that I'm I'm trying to get Silvana to play that entire series with me again, oh, so wow. I can show I can so I can discuss that with someone because I'm like I I need someone to someone else to see this ending because of how impactful it was. So I think okay. like I I think like don't, like Breath of the Wild will always be there. You'll keep playing it. You'll keep chugging along. It's kind of like Pokemon mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know. But when it comes to like certain games, like story-focused games, like you can do yeah. that. Like I feel like you can compartmentalize your your brain that way. Hopefully, I mean, I'm I'm not compartmentalizing both Zelda and Witcher. Yeah, because I'll go finish a few tasks and then move back on. Um, I finally got a handle on Witcher, although I think the the graphics are setting me off a little bit. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I, I I saw like how it played on the Switch, and I was like, wow, like I would probably, I I definitely cannot play this <laughs> in this way. Yeah, it's it's the graphics, it's the cutscenes. Although, good thing with Witcher cutscenes is you can so you can't you can skip it, which is great. Yeah. Um, but uh, some of the tasks are just really weird. Um, there was an interview I saw with Henry Cavill where the interviewer asked him whether there was a deleted scene of a woman asking uh, the witcher to go find her lost pan. <laughs> Which is one of the first, first big missions in that in Witcher 3. I know. <laughs> and with the people who played it, exactly. Like, I wish they would have put some things in there like this to to bring us to the game a little bit. Yeah, I honestly, like, I, I think Witcher 3, the way you're experiencing it is still okay. Because at the end of the day, like, the gameplay and stuff is not what The Witcher is known for. It's the story. And the story-wise, you're seeing everything. You're experiencing everything. Exactly. So I think Witcher 3 is fine. But I think something like Cyberpunk 2077, for example, that just got a huge update. The game looks amazing. It's got Keanu Reeves in it. Like, that's obviously made by the people that made Witcher 3. And that's only available on PS5 and Xbox, for example, right? Elden Ring. Like, the fact that a game like this, a game that... I've played the the previous games like it's not a series but like games that are like that made by the developer and I never right. thought there would be a day when everyone would know about about their games. I was like it's such a very niche type of a game, but right. it has taken over the world to the to the point where I'm like this makes no sense to me. Like how does it happen? And so like Elden Ring again like if you are someone that loved Zelda, and this allows multiplayer by the way. It's not it's not something you have to play on your own fully. You can actually play. No way. So if you if they're the boss, yeah, because it it's supposed very... to be a hard game, like you can actually get me to yes. jump in your world. I can help out, and it makes the game a lot easier. You can experience the world, and I just pop back into my world. <laughs> to stop making the case for me to buy a play PlayStation. I I know I actually Seriously. I was just googling it in in Australia, but I maybe because I'm in Canada it doesn't let me like <laughs> go to the AU sites or whatever. But it is 
it's yeah. not the easiest to find it but like yeah like i i had to like in, in can i was lucky in canada i was able to find one here pretty like easily when i was it was the initial stages and everything when the consoles were announced but when i was looking yeah, for an yeah. xbox like i had to be on on gamestop's website or eb games like i had to be on that website all the time like is it all is it there is it there stuff like that you have to keep track of different forums so I'm hoping I'm hoping that maybe it pops up somewhere and someone one of your friends like has it or knows someone or this is my opinion okay like I'm yes. not a big fan of scalpers or anything like that uh, <laughs> but I always look at but I look at it as like um uh, as a as as a time investment so if if the console costs 5.99 right like yeah. on your side let's yeah. say 5.99 like, I'm just using that as an example but a scalper is giving like it for It's more like 800 in Australia but yes Yeah, I mean, that's same as Canada. We have the same same kind of thing. So like if it's 800 and a scalper is giving it to you like brand new for like a thousand yeah. let's say. I'm like, okay, you're going to pay pay $200 more, which is again $200 more still. But is that yeah. $200 worth it for you to like go through it for a month of like, hey, I'm going to be refreshing this website again and again. Hey, I'm going to be on going on Costco or whatever this website again and again. Would that be worth it for you if you're like, yeah, you know what? I don't mind spending that time. Of course, then you know wait for it to be live. Otherwise, yeah. if you're like, you know what, I don't mind spending the two hundred dollars. Just just give me the console now. You can also do that. That's just kind of my opinion. I still don't support scalpers. I think they they are definitely ruined this whole generation mainly yeah. because of them being extremely greedy. You're you're right. I just googled it as well, and there's actually a, a website that keeps telling you where it's got stock. Yeah, yeah, that's what I had to use as well. Wow. You know what? That's fine. I'll make a decision to get one. And the fact is that because of all this, I'm not going to get it for like another six ish months. So that gives me enough time to go through the games I have. Yeah, honestly, like, like I'm, I'm just gonna let you know because I had the same thought process with the Xbox. And then when yeah. it was available, like the next day, I bought it like ASAP. I was like, oh my god, quickly just with my credit card, just buy <laughs> oh, it. No. So, so obviously, like maybe it's available in six months. But if you do see it available, I would not mm-hmm. chance it. I would not say. Hey, let me wait for a few months and then get it. Just I will just get it like ASAP, just in case. It can be in a box on the side, and you can yeah, open it up yeah. later if you want. But like, just buy it now. <laughs> Why would you leave the box on the side? I, so, I mean, so that you're not tempted. So you're not tempted to play play it until you finish your other games. <laughs> well, okay. Well, it's it's something on the back burner. We'll we'll see how we go. Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, once you stop playing Elden Ring, we do wanna we don't wanna update here. to to see what what you think. Yeah, no, I've I've been I've been having like an amazing time when it comes to games recently because there's just so many um like uh I've I've been playing this game called Age of Empires 4 which is I know you played this game called mm-hmm. Redler which is like a like a real-time strategy game. So my yeah. friend and I we like play online together and we play against other people and that's like been really really fun. And then on on the PlayStation side, February was just a crazy month. There was this game called Dying Light mm-hmm. 2. Which is like this parkour zombie game yeah. has Rosario Dawson in it as a big as a as a main character, and that was a really fun game. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West is a big PlayStation game that just came out, so I've been playing through that. Elden Ring came out. I have not turned it on yet. I'm like, you know what? I need to finish Horizon first. Uh, Grand Turismo Seven, which is the racing game that I grew up playing with with dad. I used to play that with him quite a bit, so I've been playing that as well. And I'm waiting for my wheel and everything to come. So get yeah. and I've been playing Pokemon Legends Arceus on on the Switch. As well, yeah, which yeah. is an amazing Pokemon game. So there's been so many cool games, and that's kind of thing. Like I never stress myself out that I need to finish all these games or I need to like play a certain amount of hours of these games per day. I just go mm-hmm. based on feeling. Like I'll play Horizon for like an hour or two one day. Right. The other day I'll play Grand Theft Auto Seven. I'll do a bunch of races. Other day I'm like let's play Age of Empires Four. 
I just keep mm-hmm. doing that and you realize that like I was always worried about that. I'm like, I have so many consoles, all this stuff. Like, what's the point? Is it better for me to have one? And I realized that I always find a, a, some time for each of them throughout the week or throughout the mm-hmm. month. You don't have mm-hmm. to like justify your purchase in that sense of like, no, I need to spend like eight, like <laughs> X hours every day on it. It's more like, no, what do you feel like playing? Grand Triple 7, I'll play that. What do you feel like playing Elden Ring? Let me do that for a bit, you know? Yeah, no, I actually, I, I do get that. And I think I've now finally at least embraced the idea of working through multiple games at the same time. Um... Because like sometimes I'll, I'll start off with going, hey, let me do a little bit of The Witcher. But when it comes to it, all I want to do is like three hours of Civilization Six. Yeah, exactly. Talking and about Civilization, play Civilization Six. Six. Yeah, talking about Civilization Six, I've now got their expansion pack, and they've got their Gathering, Gathering Storm, Storm yeah. and their Rise and Fall pack, which just makes life weirdly complicated, awesomely but weirdly complicated. It builds in your climate change things as well so if you're settled near a river you can randomly flood and this is this is very real for us because australia has been raining for like the last two weeks. yeah i heard i was reading about it it just hasn't stopped raining um so it can randomly flood you can have volcano eruptions you can have storms you can have dust storms you can have like all of these random weather events yeah. And and I I love that they've built it in, but I also hate how complicated it makes my life in the game. Yeah. No, I, I always I I love uh, Civilization 4 and then 5 I kind of got into a little mm-hmm. bit and mm-hmm. 6 of course I played I played on the Switch, I played on 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 PC, but I I mean like it was like for me like I I played for like 15 20 hours, I get to a point where I win once or twice and then I'm like okay, I'm done. So I'm yeah. I'm glad that on you, for you Civilization 6 is what Age of Empires 4 is for me. It's basically like, I'm just going to going on skirmishes or or uh, my friend and I, we go online because exactly. we're able to play against people online and we're just playing against people online and we just keep doing that. So it's technically the same map, sometimes same layout, sometimes they kind of mix it up. But overall, it's just experience of like, what, what will happen this time? And you know, like, so so I, I honestly think you actually might enjoy Age of Empires 4 uh, yeah. quite a bit as well. It's unfortunately not on, on Twitch, but... Mm-hmm. It is on a PC, and I think you. I actually think your PC might be able to handle it because it's not a game that will require some crazy GPU. Really, another thing that I need to I need to consider at, at some stage. But you're right. Like for for me, Civilization Six is just it's 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 a relaxing game for me. It sounds really weird. Um, I I know, but I I it really is a very relaxing experience to work through that, to strategize, to figure out what's the best way to do this. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, I wanted to talk about Encanto, but we don't have enough time. What I do want to do before we before we um close off is give a shout out to Beat Saber. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you have I more have... experience. Like, I I I'll say that I I remember when Beat Saber first came out. I played a bunch on my PlayStation VR, uh-huh. and and I played a bunch on my Oculus VR. But like that was kind of my extent of it. Like I love Beat right. Saber. But like I never like really got into it as much as you did, so I'll I'll let you take it take it from here. I I loved it like from the first moment I loved it. Like if it's not the movements, it's everything. But there there's some music packs which are just so massively superior to every other music pack. And the two that I have to give a shout out to is Panic at the Disco and Linkin Park. Nothing beats them. Like, I've run the same songs again and again, and I'm still not bored. I'm as energized in, like, the 20th or the 50th repeat than I was the first time. 
I just I gotta know just go the, to Bailey. Yeah, I just I just know the I know right like they're so good. Um, yeah. I I just know the the steps better. I imagine, but Panic at the Disco, they they actually have a few songs in three sixty, which I, I actually really enjoy that mode. Because oh, that's, that's pretty cool. I've never played that mode. <laughs> really? So it's, yeah. I love that because you obviously you stay in your designated sort of area, but you're yeah. turning around and 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 it, there's an eyeline stick as well that pops up in front of you, so you know exactly where your eyeline needs to be, so you can okay. see the, okay. The, okay. the 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 things coming at you. But that is the most enjoyable piece. Like Beat Sabers become a workout sort of a. Not, not like a workout, but more like a warm up for a workout yeah. for me, and I I'm I've loved it so much. Like Panic at the Disco. If anybody's listening, you've got Oculus or whatever VR, and you've got Beat Saber. If 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 there's one music pack you buy, buy Panic at the Disco. All right. If there's two music packs you buy, buy Panic at the Disco and Linkin Park, because Panic at the Disco is only four songs, but the two of them which are brilliant are High Hopes. Uh, and the and the greatest show. What do they cost in Australia? These these uh, packs. Um, I think if you already got Beat Saber, they do a little bit of a discount. Um, I think Linkin Park because it's got the most songs was maybe around eighteen twenty bucks. Okay, that's not bad. Um, Panic at the Disco from memory was only like seven or eight. Oh, I see. Okay, wow. Well, I actually so, might pick this up because I think for us it's very similar price wise. Yeah. So I might actually pick that up because I have I have Beat Saber and I like I said like I played it a bunch. I actually really enjoy Pistol Whip a little bit oh, more surprisingly yeah. because I just like the whole John Wick aspect of, of the music thing. Right, but like right, right. I love Linkin Park so and, and Panic at the Disco. So if if it's if that is like the, the music that I'm playing because Beat Saber's music like the yeah. the generic music is okay, but it's not the greatest. But like if it's if songs not, that I know, yeah. It's much if you're better. not into the genre that the normal Beat Saber music is, and, and yeah. unfortunately I'm not in that genre um it, it it doesn't really resonate like it doesn't make you want to go on and on and on um linkin park doesn't have a lot of 360 which is which is unfortunate um but their normal songs are absolutely brilliant yeah like i the way they did it the one pack that disappointed me the most was green day wow i mean that's a and very... i did not expect <laughs> that's one of that band. <laughs> It's yeah. one of the first packs I bought, but it disappointed me the most simply because there was something off about the entire choreography, and I couldn't figure out what it was. It just—it so wasn't the music. Right. It was—it it wasn't no, like no. the way it—it it was just like the way the music played with the Beach Saber actions. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Like it doesn't make you want to go and play it again. It doesn't give you that energy that you sometimes want when you're doing this stuff. Yeah. Because you know, it, it, you know, your arms hurt at the end of the day. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm, I, that's the, that's the one I probably play the least of the songs. Okay. So, I mean, I, I'll, I'll stick with Linkin Park and Panic at the Disco because those Absolutely. two bands, I can already imagine having a good time in yeah. Beat Saber. But like, I think, I honestly think you should also see, you should also check out The Climb. I don't know if you already tried that. Yeah, no, but that's a really yet. cool one. Yeah. That's a really cool one where you're basically like a rock climber. And obviously it's in VR, it's an Oculus Quest, and you're kind of moving around and stuff like that. It's a, it's just like a really cool looking thing. It's very relaxing, which is surprising to think about a, a game yeah. like that being relaxing. But it actually is. It's about like, you know, taking your time, moving up, looking at the uh, your surroundings, moving up slowly. And it's like, you, you right. feel like an achievement when you reach the reach the top. I actually ended up picking all the three Star Wars games, the, the ones with Darth Vader. Um, yeah. 
but I haven't, I, I, I was having a very hard time getting used to the controls. Yeah, it because... is. It, it does take a while. It, it took me a while as well to kind of get and understand how <laughs> all that works. Yeah. So I think that's the one I'm struggling with, but I usually just end up defaulting to Beat Saber if I just want like a relaxing something or if I want to get pumped up for a workout or something. Yeah. It's like Beat Saber has not become a regular part of my workout. I, I did not think that would be the case. Like yeah. Panic at the Disco, I I I I dare you to play High Hopes in 360 and oh not not dance. Like that's it. Like find like you feel so weird cuz you're like in your house just doing this random thing and you're jumping around. But it just makes you want to do that. I mean, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I'll maybe make a recording of it as well and see, see what happens because yes, I, because I, I, I love Beat Saber when it first came out and I started playing it, but like, yeah, like it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's just for, for the VR stuff as well. Like I have, that's one of the reasons I love Oculus Quest is because of it being wireless, but like, yeah, like it was, it was always like the right. small bites. It's like, it's like a, you can play a game for like 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes and you're done. And I was like, you know, engrossed mm-hmm. in horizon or like now soon to be Elden ring stuff like that so i feel like i'm hoping that oculus does because they are really good vr games like half-life alex that are like very much like a proper story and you're like ducking down and stuff like that and it kind of makes you feel that way but right now there aren't a lot of that so i feel like you know maybe this is already kind of selling me to kind of get back into it and just kind of go in there for a little bit so back in the disco for sure very 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 relaxing and the one trick i have the one that i learned is don't try to rush into the hards. Yeah. It, it, that becomes amazingly easy if you slowly go up the ranks and work on the the, the boxes per minute or whatever. There's, there's actually a rating on every song and every like normal beginner or whatever. Um, and as you slowly work up the rating, you'll actually start finding it more easier and more fun. You'll actually have a better range of movement than just like flicking your wrists around. Okay, wow. Yeah, I'm... I'm- I'm interested to try this out, so I'll probably like yes. report back maybe next week itself because like I'll 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 definitely get it, uh, especially Panther the Disco because like Lincoln Park like I might I might hold off on that until I try Panther the Disco no, no. just because get it get wanna... it get it get it like literally this this and the song you have to do and I can't believe I'm saying this because like it's so overworked is the song New Divide. Oh yeah, I know. I remember that album. Yeah. You remember that song, right? Yeah. And it's so overworked, obviously, because it's some all the movies and stuff. And it's got they were a little old hits like "Faint" and "Breaking the Habit" yeah. and "Numb." Um, but this one uh, is, I am I can't tell you. There's there's like this piece in the beginning which is so bloody hard, but when you get through it, there's like a level of I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I moved my arms that fast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna try that out. That, that sounds pretty fun. Yeah. No, yes, I looking forward to it. I know. I, I obviously we we talked a lot about games today, and I just quickly wanted to mention that because you and I both watched Murder Will. I actually really like this. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I know some people didn't really like enjoy it, but I just really it, it's a very cool concept. Like with Will Will Arnett, that they bring in a celebrity, and it's almost like a murder mystery that they have to figure out on their own. Whilst him, like kind of, they're like kind of doing like a TV show. <laughs> kind of a thing and they're like you know turn. it's also really funny because they try to they make these celebrities do like weird funny things that kind of t- distracts them from taking notes and everything that they need to but it, it, i just really found that really funny i get it I, I find the conan one really weird but that's because i find conan really weird that's probably what why it is because it's the way he talks yeah but everyone else was really really funny yeah. and they did a, yeah. i think they did a good yeah. job 
Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to bring that up. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. Please listen to us next time. Or actually, I should say, please email us at, at freshoffthescreenpodcast at gmail.com. That's freshoffthescreenpodcast at gmail.com. We will be back very soon. We'll be getting back into a more regular cadence when it comes to us releasing these episodes. And hopefully I'll have more information about uh, Beat Saber next time. And hopefully yes. Harvey will have potentially bought a PS5 by then. Who knows? Let's see what happens. Right? <laughs> Let's not put that, but okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. Bye. See ya.